Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And Gary Trust here on the Billboard Chartbeat Podcast and trying to make our guest feel really welcome this morning with that intro music, uh, ABC, Jackson 5. Andrea Dresdale, Manager, Entertainment Programming for ABC Radio. Welcome, Andrea. Thanks for having me, Gary. Do you feel, you feel all comfortable now with that music? Uh, yes, that's fine. <laughs> not, not too cheesy for you? You're okay no, with that? No, I mean, if I thought a little bit more, we could probably come up with some other ABC songs, but, you know. Could have played the When Smokey Sings by ABC, but that might take a couple steps to figure out. Yes, we could play Murder by Numbers by the Police. I think <laughs> there's a line in there about ABC, but whatever. All right. Well, Andrea, thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, known you for a bit, but we've never really chatted about what you do at ABC Radio, your, your title. Is always impressive sounding to me. I see you at different <laughs> events. So uh, tell her in what you do as a manager entertainment programming for ABC Radio. Well, basically what I do is I oversee all our entertainment coverage. ABC Radio provides uh, syndicated programming to over 1,500 radio stations nationwide, uh, music stations and news talk stations. And uh, we have a, a variety of entertainment products that I oversee. And then just the news in general. We have an entertainment correspondent in New York, one in L.A., we have a guy in Nashville, we have one in Vegas, and plus because uh, we're tapped into the entire power of ABC, we've got affiliates all over the country. Uh, so if something's happening in Chicago, for example, uh, Sinead O'Connor goes missing, we've got a guy in Chicago who can report on that for right. us. So I uh, kind of tie all that together, make sure we're covering everything, oversee all the award show coverage that we do, the Oscars, the Emmys, the Golden Globes, the Grammys, etc., and uh, the entertainment products that we have, which include our morning prep service, which is called Air Power, and that's a B2B product that we create for radio stations. And also we have what we call our digital news service, which is uh, music, entertainment news, variety of other things uh, that's delivered via RSS around the clock, uh, basically for radio station websites. And uh, in particular, I oversee the music portion of that, the music news portion. We do it in 12 different formats. And uh, when I'm not doing all that, I'm out uh, interviewing uh, musicians and covering events. And uh, basically, I don't sleep. I was going to say, there sounds like something's missing in your schedule. Here. Yes. <laughs> sleep and relaxation. But that's okay. So you're really focused. It's entertainment. But there's a focus on the music side for you? Well, that's mostly because... It's my passion, and when I started at ABC, I was hired as 
a producer to oversee CHR, Hot AC, and AC. Oh, okay. And then when I became the manager of entertainment programming, I took everything else o- under my wing, uh, but kept on to the music just because I enjoy it so much, doing the interviews, doing the music reporting, and then I have a whole bunch of people who work for me who do, we cover all the other formats, you know, uh, urban, urban AC, country, uh, classic hits, classic rock oldies, alternative, active, o- almost everything, but classical jazz and triple a really so are you uh do you consider yourself kind of an encyclopedia of music knowledge for all different formats or at the very least do you have to teach yourself a lot about these formats uh over the years i think because of my experience i've gathered a lot of stuff my first job in the industry was actually writing a music trivia show Ah. so i really learned a lot doing (laughs) that let me tell you (laughs) what what show is that uh, I started out at a company called MJI Broadcasting, which oh, is now yeah. called Premier. Right. And uh, they used to have this show called Rock Quiz. Oh. They also had a show called Country Quiz and Trivia Quiz. And mm-hmm. at, at some point, I was either writing, producing, or overseeing all of them. And uh, that just sort of gave me this fount of incredible trivia that is still stuck in my head to this day, for, to the exclusion of nothing, you know, everything else. <laughs> so so you're, you're never at a loss for words at a party. You've always got something ready. As long as people want to talk about music, yes. <laughs> uh, don't try me on sports, but um, music, I'm good. <laughs> it was that really pre-internet where you, you had to look up all these facts? Where did you get them? Uh, it was a variety of sources. We had books. We had uh, old back issues of a variety of magazines like Rolling Stone. Um, Billboard. Yeah, Billboard. Yes, Q Magazine uh, from England is one of my favorites. Okay. And uh, we used to get daily faxes. Remember the days of faxes? <laughs> faxes, with, uh, with, books. With, we're with, bringing it all back. Yeah, with it. news and things like that. So uh, that's kind of where we got everything. Press releases, of course. Uh, but now it's just – it's so easy to find all this information. It was really a kind of s- surfacing that stuff back in the day. Right. So it sounds like you're mentioning 1,500 radio stations. Is the content you produce, is it just for – is it just for radio? A lot of it at this point, just same with Billboard, we're really a content production uh, company at this point. It's not just uh, the website. It's videos. It's the magazine. Same thing with you. You're uh, pr- presenting content on many different platforms. Well, we uh, do have a number of uh, digital partners that we provide okay. programming to, and uh, every day we're sort of talking about expanding that. Uh, but generally, it's terrestrial, and it's digital for now, but you know, always planning to expand and plans in the works to do many more things. We've had uh, prior guests here on the podcast talk about the power of radio, the reach of radio, and how maybe it's sort of cool to think uh, streaming is the way to go, but radio is is still there. We keep uh, bringing out uh, that stat that uh, 243 million people a week, according to Nielsen, listen to radio. What's your take? Well, it really does surprise me sometimes when I read studies that say that the number one way that people discover music is still the radio. Because if you talk to young people, usually it's, you know, they're on one of the streaming services or they're on YouTube. But it's funny, Garth Brooks held a press conference at Yankee Stadium yesterday, and he said uh, that he always wants radio to be the Santa Claus. He wants radio to be the one to bring it, to to give you that moment where you pull over to the side of the road and you stare at your radio because you can't believe what you just heard. Heard. Whether it's some song you've never heard, a piece of news, uh, for example, uh, somebody like Prince dying or, or whatever. Radio is really, it's, it's a local medium. It's very immediate. We at work, we're always on. We're never off. And uh, it's really for breaking news. You can't beat it. And, uh, you know, also, I think 
despite the fact that you can drive around listening to all kinds of custom playlists, there's still the serendipity of just spinning through the dials and stopping and hearing a song. You know, that, that great moment when you hear that song and you stop and you're like, what is that? Uh, I love that. Do you talk to younger people, the family members, friends who are, say, in their teens or much younger? And is it that uh, while the, the facts might be correct about the number of people listening, from what you've heard, do younger people share that passion? Does it make you worried going forward that that number is not going to stay at that level? Uh, in terms of listening to broadcast radio, yeah, a little bit, because there are very few young people that I have uh, met, unless they're very young and they're sort of a captive audience in the back of the car with mom and dad, right. mom and dad controlling the radio. But even now, you know, you've got mom and dad with their playlists and, and, and uh, you know, the streaming services. Even that might be going away. But, uh, you know, for local news and weather and stuff like that, it's still going to be radio. But uh, the young people that I speak to, I don't even know if they know that there's a knob on their car stereo that <laughs> tunes into a radio station. Well, I think a key thing is a whole separate discussion is going to be with car manufacturers keeping radio in cars and making sure it's not just auxiliary options. Well, that's right. I mean, you know, we've seen more and more different services coming uh, all the streaming services, all the apps, everything coming with the cars. And yes, we need to make sure that radios stay in cars because, you know, you can listen to a streaming service all you want, but if there's a hurricane, you're not going to find out really about yeah. that. I, I think the, maybe the best case is that the radio will coexist with all these streaming services. We'll, we'll all just have more options. Yeah. I mean, because I really feel like it's, it's the radio support of the artist and the concerts and live events and such that really keep those really keep the careers going you can boast about how many streams you've got and and how many views you've got but when it comes to i think something like the song of the summer it's what's pouring out of the radio on the beach that summer what's playing at the backyard barbecue what's playing at the local bar and right. that's really a lot of that is really radio Andrea Dresdale, Manager, Entertainment Programming, here on the podcast uh, for ABC Radio, uh, here on the Billboard Charpeat uh, Podcast, chatting about your very busy days, Andrea. We'll get into more uh, Song of the Summer. I know that's a passion of yours. You're saying all the different things that you do, uh, except for sleep, during the day. Uh, any specific uh, schedule or every day? Is it different? You might all of a sudden uh, be interviewing an artist that maybe. Ten minutes ago, you didn't even know that was going to be happening? Mm, that usually doesn't happen unless one of my staff doesn't show up. <laughs> but uh, in general, I, I uh, the interesting thing about our business is, well, our company anyway, is we actually all book our own interviews. There's not one central booking area. Okay. So any interview that I do, unless I'm doing it in collaboration with our TV uh partners, which we do that a lot, uh, for example, with Good Morning America, with uh, Live with Kelly. Right. With the when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You, um, unless I'm doing something specifically with them, I, I book all my own interviews and I also help my staff book their interviews just because over the years I've developed so many relationships that, you know, I, I know a lot of people and right. I can help. Uh, put them in contact with the people that they need to get in contact with. So, uh, so yeah, a lot of what I do is is booking, and uh, I'll, there's also just the daily deliverables that I have to make sure I get out the door every day. And then there's the, the breaking news situation that you know it happens, and then everybody it's kind of all hands on desk. Deck. We all kind of scramble. Uh, we coordinate with all our different platforms: TV, ABCNews.com. Um, who is going to be reaching out? Who is going to be getting the statement? Uh, are we going to be sending a, a chopper? Are we going to be sending a radio correspondent? I remember we we had our guy in L.A. Uh, race to the scene when Paul Walker died in that car crash right. a few years ago. And uh, just because we're we're very mobile, we don't need to bring a big crew or a camera or anything. Um, you know, we can show up on the scene first and start reporting immediately. And, and that's what's really good about, uh, you know, the flexibility of ABC Radio. How do you uh, see uh, Twitter? Is it a foe? Is it a friend? Because you're producing all these reports, and someone can go on Twitter much quicker and say something. Do you do you mix mix both of them? How do you look at that? Well, I use Twitter for a um, definitely for research because it's a really great way to find out, you know, at the same time what's going on, what everybody else is reporting. Also, because we do so much reporting on artists, everything that artists are tweeting is fair game to report on or to follow up, which right. I do a lot as I've well. I've seen you. Yeah, you, I'm always like, oh, Andrea either really knows these people really well or she's just really curious and talks to every pop star out there. Well, it's a combination of both. I do know some of them, um, and some of them I just you know, uh, reach out to or reach out to their people. For example, um, Kesha posted on Instagram about how she wasn't going to be performing at the Billboard Awards. Yeah, right. So we, uh, we needed to sort of get more information about that, what was really going on. And, uh, you know, so when we see a social media post that really kind of sparks a lot of questions, we want to get deeper into it. We want to find out what's really going on. I really don't like to just report what TMZ is reporting uh, or report, you know, there are some sites that we just stay away from and we don't touch. Uh, The other thing that we do in terms of our news is, um, for example, if some magazine has a cover story with, oh, I don't know, Ariana Grande, uh, and then some other site picks it up, we will never quote that site quoting um, Elle magazine or an interview somebody did with the BBC. Right. We have to go back. We need to look at that original source. And there's so much of that quoting to quoting the quoting where it completely – it's like a game of telephone. I think it completely loses its context. And who knows if they really said those things. Right. That's what it's, – it's sort of – we only need one news service at this point. Everyone can retweet it. Right, exactly. Uh, but as long as it's accurate. <laughs> right. All right. So journalism, this has come up in previous podcasts for all the different ways uh, entertainment content is changing. It keeps going back to uh, check the facts, do that reporting from the start. Yeah. You know, uh, not long ago, I spoke to a group of uh, PR students at Hofstra University. Um, they were hearing from entertainment publicists. I was there to give the other end of the spectrum. I'm the person you're going to be pitching to. And, and one of the things I said to them was, uh, don't ever send me a press release with an error in it or a misspelling. And I said, don't ever let me know more about something your artist is doing right. than you do. Right. Because there are, there are many times when I've, uh, I've reached out to clarify something that somebody was doing and the publicist is like, mm, I don't know anything about it. It's 
like, hmm, that's bad. So. So you're pretty thorough. I try to be when I have time. <laughs> so you're, you're doing research. I'm just, I'm just joking about that. I'm always thorough. In your dreams, you're mm-hmm. doing research. Yes. <laughs> Where did that uh, come from, Andrea? Where does that, that drive to get all the facts right and, and just to be in the position? Uh, how did you, you get to that position? Um, well, mostly because of my passion for music, which I sort of probably discovered when I was a little kid. Uh, I have a picture of myself listening intently to music on headphones when I was like three years old. Uh. And I remember, you know, dancing and singing to music when I was a little kid walking through a department store (laughs) and uh, buying 45s. I also started playing an instrument when I was pretty young. So uh, What what instrument? Guitar. Uh. I still play badly. Very badly. (laughs) I wish I could play better. But anyway, um, yeah, so I started, uh, I I really have a real love for music. And when I have a love for something, I want to know everything about it. I'm just one of those people. So even from a very early age, before I was even in the business or anything, I would read Billboard for fun, for example. I would read Rolling Stone from cover to cover. I would try to learn every single thing about the artists that I liked, the songs that I liked. Um, and I would buy books about music trivia. I would buy collections of writing by rock critics, things like that. And when I got my first job, which was a trivia show, I, I kind of felt like I had been preparing my entire life for it. <laughs> and uh, the interviewing kind of came later. I sort of stumbled into it. They needed, at my first job, they needed some people to pick up some interviews that perhaps they were not, um, you know, very excited to do. So they're like, oh, you know, let's let the newbie do them. And I really uh, found that I enjoyed them. And uh, I really find that artists really appreciate it if, and this is a a secret of the trade, you actually do research before you talk to them. (laughs) I mean, if I had a nickel for every time an artist said to me, wow, I can't believe you listened to my album. Yeah. Or, uh, wow, you've really done your research. Or, I can't believe that you knew that about me. Uh, That's kind of sad, in a way. Uh, that that artists have to have so, so many bad interview experiences. Yeah, I, I would think a lot of interviews are just, oh, well, you know, where are you playing next, and just your album's out. Tell me about it, and and you know, you do the work. You're the one doing the interview. You you come up with the question that's going to draw some insight out of the artist. Right. I mean, you know, also in the back of your mind, you kind of need to know what everybody's doing just in case you're on a red carpet. That's when you're on the fly, and you have to kind of know a little bit of some, about something about everybody. So right. if somebody places somebody in front of you, you've got to be able to come up with something, and you know, that's a skill that you hone over the years. But in general, yeah, I like to listen to the album. I like to do the research. I like to find interesting angles on maybe topics that have already been discovered. Okay, we know that you did this, but when you were doing that, what happened? Or or how did you feel about this or that? So uh, I just try to kind of surface new angles. And also what we say, uh, feed the beast, in in what I mean is um, we know that we are going to need for our clients and our customers – Every radio station is going to want to have an artist talking about Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas, uh, things like that. So we always try to make sure that we get that kind of thing in. Right. It, same thing here for Billboard.com. It, it's it's twenty four seven. There's always content uh, that we need to to churn out and put on the website. Do you feel that sort of that that constant buzz in the back of your mind that you're never truly off the job? I mean, if you love it, that's great, but. There maybe is never that absolute downtime other than vacation or when you're truly relaxed, but it's, it's always kind of in the back of your mind, right? Yeah, I mean, I know that I don't know how many people you guys have working on Billboard.com, but I'm always impressed by how much stuff you guys put up. And uh, you guys are a very good source for us, for sure, because uh, generally we, we can always trust you guys to be right. 
I let you know when you're not, of course. But, uh. <laughs> yes, you have. My, 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 my direct messages from, uh, from you on that prove that. But we, appre- we want to be exactly. We want to be right, too. We're on the same, uh, the same uh, wavelength. Right, exactly. Um, but, yes, I always feel I never shut it down completely because I'm – for ABC Radio, I'm the only entertainment manager there is. So I'm essentially on call 24-7. You know, over the weekend, if Anthony Kiedis gets taken to the hospital, I'm going to be the one – Organizing that story and, and posting that story and things like that. Any uh, artists that you've met over the years that you've really enjoyed interviewing more than others? Some some highlights, some favorites? Well, you know, I've met artists that I've really enjoyed and I love to talk to them over and over again just because they're just really great people and they're a great interview. There are p- people I really like. Maybe I don't even like their music that much, but I like them. Right. Uh, so I like to talk to them. Uh, I, I won't be naming names. But, oh, but no. <laughs> this, is a, this is a good thing. You're, you're complimenting people. I, I know you'll leave some people out, but there's got to be some people. Well, I would say that the probably the most thrilling interview I ever did was at my first job when I interviewed uh, Pete Townsend of The Who because he's my personal musical idol. Uh, and it's one of those things where, you know, you've been rehearsing since you were a kid as to what you would say to this person if you met them. And then right. you finally get a chance to meet them. So, so that was a real thrill, I have to say. But... Uh, I always get a kick out of interviewing people who were very big when I was in high school. And it's like, oh, wow, you were one of my first concerts, and here I am interviewing you, uh, that kind of thing. And, of course, I, I, I like to in- interview artists whose music I genuinely like. I love to interview artists whose music I, I didn't know I was going to like, and then I listened to it, and I was like, wow, this is really great. And then, you know, even if I don't like it that much, I, I always try to find something positive to say about it. You know, maybe I don't like this song, but maybe the drums are really terrific. So I can, I can um, you know, I can praise them on that. <laughs> Any interviews that stand out as not so great? Um, well, there are some interviews where in the Times, for example, I've interviewed um, very young artists, and not a lot of them are very good at expressing themselves yet. Uh, artists who are teenagers, uh, some of them are just sort of otherworldly. Like I remember the first time I interviewed Leanne Rimes. She was, I don't know, probably 15. Right. But she was boy, she was terrific. And then there are other artists I've interviewed who were teens, and they really couldn't express themselves very well. Uh, but I think that kind of obviously comes with practice. So, Is there any real guiding force you have in a story when you go to do a story about anything? Is there something you just want to get out of it, or you just uh, think uh, this, is, this has to be the reason I'm doing it? What, what makes good content in your mind? Well, I think that it's a combination of serving our clients you know, if our clients are radio stations, we want to give them information about artists that they are playing or artists that they might be playing very soon. Sometimes I'll wait on interviewing an artist because they're just so new. They've just come out. They're, they're on some format that takes a while to kind of filter down to my format. Right. So I'll, I'll kind of hold off and see if it's going to cross over. So uh, to me, when it comes to covering music anyway, for our uh, – our music products, I really just go with who are these stations playing and who do people care about? Uh, unless it's something, some overweening thing that's just, somebody is everywhere right. and you, you must write about them because, you know, this is a huge story. Or it's, it's a has-been person that nobody's playing currently, but everybody remembers who they are. Sinead O'Connor, for example. Um, you know, you, you want to cover her going missing in Chicago even if nobody's playing her music these days. Right. There's a family-friendly element to ABC. Are there certain stories that uh, come up that you have to be uh, a little careful in how you cover them, or does that not extend to uh, to your coverage? 
Um, no, if it's newsworthy, we will cover it, but we have to be very careful. For example, in our B2B product, we will always put a notation, note language, uh, this video is not safe for work, uh, etc. If we do it uh, to our um, B2C product, where there is no filter between the customers and the content, we won't even embed a video that's not safe for work. Because remember, these are going to be on radio station websites. Right. We don't want a program director calling us and saying, why did you have this filthy thing on my website? I try not to... I try. We try not to um, put really bad language. I mean, we we're very very careful. We beep in terms of our audio. We beep everything. But you 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 uh, are on the safe side. Oh yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, even a word like um, "goddamn," we 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 have to beep that. Right. Yeah. I met you in the summer to my heartbeat sound. We fell in love. As the leaves turn brown. And we can Chatting with Andrea Dresdale, Manager Entertainment Programming for ABC Radio here on the Billboard Chartbeat Podcast. Talking about uh, your job, Andrea. I know one of your biggest passions because we've uh, talked in, in previous years and this is uh, why you're on the podcast now. Just uh, right after uh, Memorial Day here. We're actually taping this uh, about a week and a half before Memorial Day. But we know that summer is coming. Uh, the weather has gotten uh, mostly warm here in New York City. Uh, Song of the Summer, has that always been a passion of yours, or at least for the last few years when this has kind of become a bigger thing in entertainment coverage? I think it's it's definitely become a bigger thing. I know that you guys have the official Song of the Summer, which is, is wholly based on chart performance Correct. from Memorial Day to Labor Day. Yes. But then there's also just a general Song of the Summer thing where you, you just get that phrase a lot, and a lot of uh, outlets will you know be reporting it. They'll, they'll describe music as it's the song of the summer. It can be a song of the summer. So, I mean, there's two different things. It's something that just feels like that and something that literally is the song of the summer because of how well it's done on the chart. Um, and I'm interested in both, really. Is there a, uh, a specific type of song for you that makes a good song of the summer? Well, I think it's going to be anything that is going to sound good while you're out doing summer activities, like driving around with the windows open, being on the beach, uh, being at a barbecue... Um, just going out and being about. Uh, it could even be the stuff that you're going to hear on the radio while you're walking around the supermarket. Just something. I think we all have those songs where you go back and you remember exactly where you were. You rem- I remember I was lying in my backyard uh, sunning myself when I was listening to that Andy Gibbs song or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> it, you know, you're the, the latest person to say here on the podcast that that music around when you were 14 or so is the music you take with you. You were saying uh, interviewing artists that meant a lot to you that age. You're you're part of that uh, thinking, too, that that's the music that stays with you for the rest of your life? Yeah, I think so. I think it's funny. We were just talking about the fact that the Monkees are launching their 50th anniversary tour. Right. And, you know, w- what is it that is keeping the Monkees going and is the possi- you know the popularity of their music? Yeah, they had the world's best songwriters writing amazing songs for them. But a lot of it is nostalgia. It's going it's, to – it's that time where you can think back to how much music meant to you and how you couldn't wait to hear it and you're listening to your radio underneath your covers. And um, I think that people are inevitably nostalgic for that time in their lives because they were in the young and they were innocent. And, for example, like you and me, you and I, we weren't in the industry, so we didn't know all the the background stuff that was going on. We could just kind of enjoy music for music's (laughs) sake, which we probably can't do these days. 
that's one of the things about music that I think is so great, how it can just evoke a memory. I mean, songs of other seasons can do that, too. You can have a song of the winter. You can have a song of spring or fall. Um, but there is something about summer songs. I guess we're on vacation, out of school if you're younger. So I guess there's that extra special element, and that's why Song of the Summer has become the thing every year. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, every artist, every song that tends to get released around this time uh, will always be pitched as it's the perfect summer song. Right. It's the perfect, you know, soundtrack to your summer. And um, obviously, I don't think every song is like that. But I think this year we've got some pretty good contenders. See, labels should just be really honest. And when they have a really sad, dark ballad, say, this is the song of the winter. This will just make you totally depressed right. this winter. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll have more label people on here, and I will pitch right. that as an idea of free, <laughs> free marketing. Well, you're going to start a new a billboard chart, right? Song of the Winter? Yes. The, sa- the saddest chart we've yes. ever, ever <laughs> put out. Sunshine in my pocket, got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. So let's get into this uh, happy songs for the summer. Do you have any top picks, Andrew? I've got a whole list of songs here. You've got some notes, but anything uh, top of mind that, yeah, uh, that you're picking? So I think far? That, that you and I have spoke about this. It's it's the number one most uh, undeniable song, which is the new Justin Timberlake right. uh, single. It's just it just puts a smile on your face every time you hear it. The video it is a heck of a lot of fun. Every time I hear it, I just want to drive really fast. It's it's like I'm I'm not burnt on. I've heard it quite a bit, as you can imagine, just uh, debuted at number one. Uh, but it's just it's still gaining an airplay, and every time I hear it, it's just it's great. To, to keep repeating the word dance, dance, dance in a chorus with a really catchy melody. That's about the exact center of pure pop music. And how about the fact that can't stop the feeling? It's got an exclamation point at the end of it <laughs> as part of the title. There was probably discussion in the crafting of that song about the exclamation point and how that was important to create an extra vibe of, of happiness and summer fun about it? Well, what about, you know, you, I think you always have to worry about um, parenthetical songs, you know, parenthetically titled songs. Right. Because, you know, do they help or hurt the song? Um, why are they necessary? Um, when you, you know, when you get one of those songs where the title has absolutely nothing to do with with the lyric, yeah. the, the, um, the record company probably asks for something parenthetical, so... Um, Brian Adams, Everything I Do, I Do It For You. That yes. was a parenthetical song of the summer 25 years ago, 1991. Yeah. And also, um, Trains, Drops of Jupiter, Tell Me. Right. So that's one example. Um, there's uh, have been a bunch of other ones, but anyway, we're talking about songs of no, the that's, summer. That's, that's the grammar journalism fan in you. That's right. right. You're going to the titles and, and the right. pu- punctuation. <laughs> right. We're talking about songs of the summer. It turns into a punctuation conversation. Right. <laughs> we're just one song in. But right. Yeah, uh, T- Timberlake uh, certainly has got to be way up there. What, what else are, are top choices for you, Andrea? Well, I think that um, the Calvin Harris Rihanna song, um, This Is What You Came For, is has the potential to be big for two reasons. One, because everybody loved We Found Love when it came out in 2011, which was the first collaboration. It was such a huge, massive song. How many weeks was it number one? Ten weeks. Ten weeks. Rihanna's biggest hit. Right. And so it's Calvin Harris and Rihanna teaming up again, but I also think there's the added attraction of speculation that the song is about Calvin Harris's girlfriend, Taylor Swift. So it's funny because we're always listening to Taylor Swift songs and trying to figure out who she's writing about, and now we're listening to a Calvin Harris song and wondering if it's about Taylor. So um, I think those two things, uh, plus which Taylor promoted so much on social media right. that um, it, 
you know, it has a good chance of, of being really big. Yeah, I, and that's gonna gonna be a big hit. Uh, debuted in the top ten uh, for for Rihanna, Calvin Harris. What, what else? What else are you predicting, Andrea? Well, I was kind of uh, thinking that maybe Adele's "Send My Love to Your New Lover" uh, could be a song of the summer because, unlike "Hello" and unlike "When We Were Young," this is a really kind of upbeat, breezy, almost a little bit of reggae-ish yeah, song. Right. I think it's her first collaboration with Max Martin and Shellback. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, those guys really know how to write a hit, and. They and also it's going to get this. The video is going to get this big premiere rollout. Right. Uh, um, it will have already rolled out yep. by the time this airs, but at the Billboard Music Awards. And I think it, if it, if it could show a fun, happy side of Adele, that's really going to be something we haven't seen from her. We've seen angry, we've seen depressed, we've seen nostalgic. But <laughs> happy th- Adele, how about well, that? Well, you know what's really interesting? Send my love to your new lover. It's like, oh yeah, well you know you left me, but. You know what? Send her my love. I'm right. totally cool with it. I'm fine. We were too young. Um, we're we're both moving on. That's kind of a, 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 a something that we haven't really heard expressed from Adele, and I, I think that's really great. So I think that that could be um, a big hit. I mean, when we were young, certainly was not as big as Hello. Hello was the big comeback. Um, when we were young is a great song, and I know Adele thinks it's one of the greatest songs she's ever written. But um, I think Send My Love to Your New Lover is is a lot more. Um, uh, people can get into it a lot more. And it's not a coincidence that it's out now as summer is starting. Uh, labels are, are not trying to hide the fact that they're pretty much putting out big up-tempo singles for the summer, ballads in the winter, as we were saying. It just, we just sort of accepted that that's, uh, we want to feel, feel good and, and have that party sound in the summer. Yeah, I mean, another song like that that I think, um, I mean, it's already been a huge rock hit, but I think can now really be big on pop is Ride by 21 Pilots. Right. Because, um, obviously, Stressed Out was such a big hit. I was surprised that it crossed over to pop the way that it did. Uh, And that song was kind of more like kind of an angry, emotional song. But Ride just has that, I mean, it kind of reminds me of, in a way, like maybe Sublime in the 90s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, so that's kind kind of a grooving, cool summer song that I think can do well. Let's uh, just sort of go over uh, some other uh, songs here one by one. Um, and, and interesting, uh, we already mentioned Max Martin uh, has come up now twice, right, with uh, Timberlake and uh, Adele. That's not a bad way to, to get a big summer hit is just just call up Max Martin, have him write a song for you. And, well, that's what Pink did because her song, um, Just Like Fire, which right. is from Alice Through the Looking Glass, also co-written with Max Martin and Shellback. And uh, that is... A really first of all, everybody's so happy to have something new from Pink because other than that record she did with the guy from City and Color, um, she hasn't put out a new single in something like three years. Yeah, natural pop. Yeah, and, and and this is interesting because it's really kind of organic. You know, you can really hear the strumming guitar, but it's got this rap in the middle. So it's something. It, I think it's different from Pink, but it's got a lot of attitude, and I think that's what people love about Pink. Uh, someone who is a, a really good songwriter, very successful, who is not Max Martin, is Ryan Tedder of One Republic. I've heard that song once. Their new song, uh, Wherever I Go, sounded like a perfect summer song to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, um, Ryan Tedder, Tedder has spoken about how they have slaved over this record. They've tried to make it the best record. And they also wanted to make this first single a song that can really connect to people because he, he said in an interview recently that um, it seemed that it was only the third single from their records that were really, really big. Yeah, right. <laughs> like that's Counting Stars. Yeah, and, uh-huh. that's an interesting <laughs> pattern. <laughs> and so that's he said, let's just skip that part and go right to the good one. He <laughs> could have put out two bad songs first. Just, right. Just so we know he'd get that third hit. Right. And um, it seems to me like they're uh, promoting this thing in a really big way. And it is very catchy. It's very unmistakably One Republic. Uh, so I think that, and they have so many fans 
all over the world. They're really a global band, and they recorded the album all over the world. So I think that will definitely find an audience across multiple formats. Um, two of the biggest albums that have come out recently. Uh, one of them has had a number one Hot 100 hit. Uh, one of them doesn't really have an official single uh, yet, at least at the time we're, we're taping this. Uh, first, uh, Drake, uh, One Dance, has been a number one Hot 100 hit. Um, Justin Timberlake knocked it out of number one when it debuted. But I would think One Dance has, has a lot of life left in it through the summer. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting that that's Drake's first number one as a lead artist because he's had so many chart hits. Right. But I think that kind of... All that featuring on other people's records has sort of like laid the groundwork for him to become as big as he is. And these days, he can't put out a record without it debuting at number one. Uh, he's so popular, it, both in pop and in urban. And um, I think that this song in particular, it has kind of a summer dance hall vibe. And it's got the little uh, added guest artists that change it up a little bit. It's right. not just like Hotline Bling where it was just Drake. So I think that, um, yeah, I think this song's definitely in the mix for Song of the Summer. Is uh, "Sorry" by Beyonce kind of seems like it's surfacing, maybe as the pop hit. Nothing, nothing official yet uh, from from Columbia. Do you do you see that, or is this album just sort of being consumed more on a viral level, and maybe it's not so much uh, song of the summer uh, consideration? Well, it, it's almost like maybe an album of the summer yeah. in a way because I, it kind of really stands as one piece right. as a whole. And it's almost hard to separate little bits of it out. Sorry is definitely one that stands alone. Also, I think Hold Up, which has that summer feel, even though the visual that matches it is really funny because that's the one where she's taking the baseball bat and destroying everything. Right. It's very Michael Jackson black and white yeah. callback. But uh, I think that people are sort of consuming and enjoying this record as, as a piece. But it does have the title Lemonade, which is very summery. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know, Beyonce is nothing if not well thought out and clever. That must have been part of the planning. Right. right? We're putting this out just before summer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Lemonade. Um, one song that's kind of been uh, bubbling under a little bit, it's been a big dance hit. And it's, it's funny to me because this is one of my songs of the summer for 1988. But now it's back for 2016. Uh, Jonas Blue's cover of Fast Car. I don't know if it's going to cut through. I kind of hope it does, and I think it would sound great this summer. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that these... It's very interesting when you have these these uh, reworkings of songs that, you know, we remember from our childhood, but people just haven't heard. But they're great songs. They're right. great melodies. So you would think that those kind of songs would always kind of resonate and um you know if they can bring it to a new audience why not i mean it's happened many many times uh, you know the song that i i'm curious about is uh, panda by designer because you know it's already been number one right. but it's just getting airplay now is is that a song that's going to be a song of the summer it's uh, more of like a club song i think but what's interesting about that song and, and the summer song discussion is they tend to be songs with absolute singable choruses and Panda is such a different type of song it's more driven by the groove and by the rapping and just the vibe of the song so I don't know if it would catch on quite on the same level especially at top 40 radio it's building at radio but it would sort of fight that battle that it doesn't have the the traditional catchy chorus yeah I mean when you think of last year's song of the summer which was cheerleader you know that's pretty much again seemed like it was designed in a lab actually it was designed in a lab since it was the remix of that original song that came out but um yeah i know what you mean it's not exactly the breezy song that you're going to listen to on the beach but uh it's or just, it might be it yeah. might just be this one is kind of cool and just we like it for different reasons well, songs break through for different reasons yeah it certainly sounds different from anything else out there right now and, and you i think you could never count that out when it comes to a song breaking through 
A song at uh, Billboard, I know we've talked about here, uh, sort of a pick for a lot of staff members. Um, sounds kind of fresh, uh, too, and, and has a different sound, is uh, Kent Jones, Don't Mind. You know, somebody just told me about that song. I have not heard it yet, but um, I was talking to people at the label about it, and they were telling me how great it was. So I'm definitely going to have to check that one out. I haven't listened to it yet. Yeah, I think that's a, it's an R&B contender mm-hmm. for crossover. Um, going back to pop, uh, uh, three, three divas, um, Ariana Grande's Into You has just come out. I think that's a really catchy, up-tempo song. Great follow-up uh, to, uh, to Dangerous Woman. Um, yeah, and I think that, I mean, she just, it, it seems weird, like, that she's putting out another new album so soon after her last one, but I really feel like this one, she really wants to show her growth um, artistically and lyrically with these songs and sort of capturing her sexuality and, uh, you know, be, becoming in, coming into her own. So, and, you know, we all know how many fans she has, and her songs sound great on the radio, and I'll always give her credit for, you know, sort of putting the weekend front and center before anybody else did. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Megan Trainer is back. New song, Me Too. Um, kind of mixes her original doo-wop sound with her newer uh, TLC uh, Britney sound. Yeah, I think that song is it's hilarious, and I think it's, it's adorable. The video is really cute. Uh, I love the fact that on her record... Her current, her new record. Thank you. Um, she's got so many songs about basically how you know she is it. Uh, there's no insecurity or anything. It's just basically I am great, and let me tell you why. And that's always really nice to hear because you hear so many people sort of um, having self-deprecating or, or depressing things. Uh, it's like uh, oh, I'm fine no matter what I am. I'm gonna. This is like I'm great. It just genuinely I am terrific self-esteem. Yes. It just yeah. it just it doesn't come off as as uh, boasting. It's just let's all feel good about ourselves. Right, but it's also like with a nod and a wink as well. Yeah. It's kind of funny for her to be singing that. Right. But um, but yeah, and she. Uh, I, and I talked to her about this the song recently, and she she really likes it. Um, and but you know the whole album is is really good actually, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if she gets a couple more hits off of that one, just like she did with her um, debut album. And uh, just a couple more uh, rock contenders before we uh, we wrap up the podcast, Andrea. Um, you mentioned uh, Twenty One Pilots. I would throw out there uh, maybe these three songs that could be rock crossovers. Not that a whole lot of rock crosses over at this point, but uh, Strumbella's Spirits, Avet Brothers, I know it's a favorite of yours we were talking before, Ain't No Man, and Lumineer's Ophelia has been number one for about three months at Adult Alternative Radio. Yeah, you know, I find that it takes a really long time, and, and you know this better than me, for things to cross over to tri- from AAA to become very mainstream, but I think that those songs have the, you know, basically the potential to do it, especially Lumineers, because they made it all the way to AC. Right. with um, their previous song and we know how long that takes so uh, yeah definitely that and it, it's funny all those songs were very rootsy and organic and I think maybe we felt like maybe that was just a trend it was like the Mumford and Sons thing but it seems like people are still dinging that sound um, you know we have like Nathaniel Rateliff and, and really that really kind of very non-produced raw right. feeling um, the Avid Brothers yeah, that's that's a great song just because after you hear it once you can sing along and it's also kind of a very empowering fist pumping song and as Strumbell's that's a spirit that's a really great sing along song as well. So yeah, any one of those I think could probably at least cross the hot AC. Andrew, we'll have you back uh, end of the summer. Go over uh, summer picks, see if we did really well or really bad. Yes, that'll be great. I just have to say, please don't hold me to any of these predictions. If they're all wrong, uh, I was just, you know, Making stuff up. <laughs> well, you haven't had much sleep, apparently, so no. you, you can be forgiven. <laughs> Andrea Dresdale, 
Manager, Entertainment Programming for ABC Radio. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. Thanks. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.